Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. On this episode of Damsels in the DMs. I'm a creative person who can come up with a lot of creative ideas, but my problem is that I don't know where to start and how to execute a plan. I know I want to own my own company, but I didn't study business in college. And now I'm thinking, do I need to get an MBA to start my own business? Please help. Signed, a boss babe damsel in the making. <laughs> this message is intended as a reminder that we are not licensed professionals, not psychiatrists or psychologists. If you have a serious problem, please seek professional help. The National Suicide Hotline is 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. <laughs> There's some damsels in the DM. Yes, queen. <laughs> Tell us what's the vibe. Huh? There's some damsels in the DM. You? You? Please tell us what's the vibe. DMs, DMs. Yeah, we see them. Yeah, we read them. DMs, DMs. We don't need them. We just leave them. Please. Yeah. It's going down in the DMs. Bye. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Damsels in the DMs. I'm Ash. And I'm Alejandro. And today we have the pleasure of speaking with Lily Stamps, who is the founder and CEO of Lolly Lolly Ceramics, which is a beautiful company, beautiful brand that makes the best and coolest mugs. Oh my God, these mugs are beautiful. Her work is absolutely stunning. The mindset behind the business is also just as fascinating as every beautifully crafted ceramic as well. And I cannot wait for listeners to really indulge in positive thinking, manifesting, which is something we have talked about, but her perspective really shines light on just owning one's creativity and moving forward and persevering and trusting that those who have your back will have your back and those who are in the position of giving quality advice they will share it with you if you know how to ask and i oh i feel so empowered after listening to her (laughs) me too well let's get into it let's do it hello hello lilise thank you so much for joining on thank you for having me how are you um i'm great i i am definitely coming down from a little cold right now so excuse my voice it's a little raspy but I feel like there's something going on well actually I've had a cold since October actually the first time uh, I was supposed to meet you Lilisa is one of my best friends best friends like she is someone who is just like a ball of light and I was so excited to meet you because Cora has talked about you so much and I've seen you on her stories and I was supposed <laughs> to meet you in October or November I had a shoot in Milwaukee but I was sick and so I canceled and then I couldn't meet you and then finally it happened in New York um, when we mm-hmm. were both there together in February. Not enough time though we, we need more time. Definitely not enough time and now that Cora is moving to my neighborhood you're going to be coming to visit a lot more <laughs> i will be 100 <laughs> percent. this will be your second home basically and yes how did all you love these ceramics start i actually uh lived in columbus ohio another midwest <laughs> area uh for 10 years and i moved back to milwaukee which is my hometown last july so 2021 and um it started in 2020 technically that's when I 
quit my full-time job and decided to run Lolly Lolly full-time. But there's a really great timeline from when I quit my job to like where I am now. So I guess we can dive in. Please tell us us everything. Please be specific. Give us the details. And also what you were doing before you started Lolly Lolly Ceramics, what your full-time job was. Yeah. So I was a graphic designer before I decided to run Lolly Lolly full-time. And the reason Lolly Lolly Ceramics is the way that it is today, well, there's a lot of different reasons, but Um, I did a 100-day project back in 2019. So from September to December, three months, I did a project where I made 100 mugs in 100 days, but each mug was unique because it had a different handle. So 100 different handles on a mug. And that was really, I did that project as a way to push myself out of my comfort zone because at that time, I was working full-time as a graphic designer and kind of dabbling in clay for fun. And um, I was like, I need a challenge. I'm gonna challenge myself. So I decided to do this crazy project and it did gain some attention around that time, but not really to the scope of what it is now. Um, So that was 2019. I love the timeline because it helps people to understand because the pandemic also happened and that's Mm -hmm. always a crazy thing um so fast forward to february march is when the pandemic really picked up and um i guess so around that time i was starting to you know do what everyone else did and uh prepare for whatever time to be in this pandemic so i started to work from home and at the time i was like oh this would be a fun time to do a branding project for lolly lolly ceramics so i worked with two of my designer friends and we did it for fun like it wasn't even a business yet it was just we're in this pandemic there's nothing else we can do so why don't we do this fun thing so I'm so happy I did that because now I have this brand that works for me um so we did that for a few months and the the moment that I tell people was the real time that lolly lolly gained like this mass amount of attention at one time was around the time when uh, George Floyd died, which is a really sensitive thing. Essentially, a lot of people were becoming aware of their lack of support for black and brown people. And a lot of people were supporting on Instagram, like follow black businesses, follow black people, support them, blah, blah, blah. And I kind of got swept into that. And people started sharing my work a lot. And I went from, at that time, probably having 10,000 Instagram followers to, there was one day where I would, I got, I, I tracked it because I thought it was so wild how fast. And, you know, Instagram metrics, like they're fun to follow. But at that time, I didn't really care about it because there was this pandemic happening and I had a full-time job and also the the death of this man was really impactful on us all. Um, Yeah. So that was the biggest moment for me where Lolly Lolly gained this attention. And from then on, I had to really decide about what I wanted to do with this thing that was kind of a side hustle and decide that I wanted to actually make it into a business. I want to know when you actually started dabbling with clay and why. 
So 2017 is around when I really started. Um, I was 27 at the time. And I, I like to tell people that because I don't know, most people start taking ceramics classes when they're kids and mm-hmm. they do it as a summer activity, but I never really dabbled in it. Uh, I've always been an artist, but uh, clay was something that I didn't start till 27. And the reason I did it was because uh, I was a student and I was, I was studying graphic design and I was always on my computer and I just wanted something to take my, my mind off of my computer. You know, it's kind of mm-hmm. not good to be on your computer all the time. So I was like, I want to use my hands again. So I just took a class at the local community art center and started that way. Sometimes people ask me how I landed on starting a business in ceramics when I have so many other like crafts and hobbies that I like. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I just tell people that it just was kind of happenstance. Like I think at that moment, uh, because I was making ceramics and people really were attracted to what I was making, those 100 mugs, I think that naturally it just became the thing that I focused on and, and, and am growing right now as a business. So before we get into more of your hobbies that you're curious about, I'm really curious, what sorts of sources of inspiration do you have when you're creating your pieces? Like, are you, is it like you're, when you're taking a walk, you see something that like might inspire some sort of creation viewers, or is it more like internal? What, what is that experience like for you? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question because I think coming from that design background, I often have really looked to the World Wide Web for inspiration. And I think we all naturally kind of do because it's just in our face all the time and we can't help it. Literally everything from makeup to the appliances that we decide to buy for our houses. Like there's so many options and ideas out there. And um, the 108 project was great for this reason because I was able to the biggest challenge was you know beyond doing something consistently for 100 days I I initially started with tons of sketches of ideas and just kind of reimagining different shapes like a sphere or a triangle and just rearranging it to different ways and that got only got me so far in that project. I started it and I was like, oh, some of these ideas are actually really similar. I have to pivot and really rethink how I'm going to do this. So that's when I really started to look to my surroundings and nature. Um, I, you mentioned like seeing things in, in our world around us. And I would see like a door handle, for example, and the shape of a door handle and reimagine that as a handle on a mug because our hands interact with a handle on a door in a similar way as a mug Mm. and or a gate I would see like a a shape in a gate or a fence and I'd be like oh that's like a really cool shape and apply that to a mug handle so I think now um after that project I I yearn for that sensation um I think I've become more of a business than an artist so it, it's very challenging sometimes, but um, the, I get more inspiration nowadays just from other women who own businesses and just other women in general. Like Simone Biles for a while was someone who I was really inspired by because she's so badass. 
She is. Oh my God. She really is. Yeah. Or just like Issa Rae, like Issa Rae is amazing because she's able to carve her way with this TV show. That's super unique. And she has so many other ventures in the future. So I try to look at people like that, who are just kind of carving their paths and find them as inspiration. So going back to uh, your followers and how you just kind of jumped from 10,000 to what it is today, do you owe any of your success to social media? And how do you think social media has impacted your business? Absolutely. I mean, so again, going back to that 100-day project, the whole premise of that project um, was to create this object and for me to hold myself accountable I posted it on my Instagram every day. So it was a way for me to share what I was doing and also to, again, have that accountability. So I, I owe social media a huge amount of, like, I just feel like it's been a big point of pride for me because I've been able to really carve my way through social media and I appreciate it. I I struggle with it sometimes because I don't like to be on there all the time, but now we have methods of scheduling. So you don't have to be in all that kind of thing, (laughs) planning ahead, (laughs) outsourcing it to other people, (laughs) outsourcing it. Exactly. Um, So yeah, I definitely think social media is pivotal for my business. I I think oftentimes what I would be without it because um, for example, email marketing wasn't something that we pushed for a while. Mm. So we have less email subscribers than we do social media followers. And it's just a way to still be creative and try new things. And I do a lot of brand partnerships, which I really love. I think it's one great stream of revenue and also um, another way to flex like creativity, which is why I love, I love what I'm doing right now because yeah, it started with clay, but it's evolved into other things. Like I can dabble in fashion and, and makeup and just other realms that people wouldn't even think of. So, okay. The biggest thing going on right now is that I'm like super excited about is the daily show. You have Woo. been making mugs for them, which is so incredible. I love Trevor Noah. He's uh, basically from, you know, where I'm from very close um, and mm-hmm. have loved him ever since he was just doing small stand-up. Uh, in South Africa, you know, on the stage and nobody really knew who he was and he was just on YouTube. How, yeah. how did that happen? Tell us about the process and like, how, like what your emotions were going through it. Um, and then also like not only Trevor Noah, but like you've been work- doing this, I guess, residency with Solange um, mm-hmm. and like how that's been going and what you're, what this whole thing about like you go starting from you know, doing this as a hobby to like where it is now with these like big named people. Mm-hmm. What was your process and what were the emotions going through it? So I'll answer that question, but going back to this timeline. So our brand really blew up around the time George Floyd and all of that kind of that movement was happening. And uh, so that was around May. And then September of that year is when I quit my job and decided to focus on Lolly Lolly full-time. It was definitely a leap of faith. And, you know, I felt confident in it at that time because I had so much press and attention on me that I felt like if I didn't take advantage of it in that moment, then I would, it would just be a missed opportunity. Mm -hmm. So 
I feel like the way my business has transpired has happened backwards than from what other people experience. I got all this attention and all this press and everyone knows who I am, but I didn't have a product really. Like I, I had this project that I did that was cool, but I wasn't actually producing consistently enough to actually make <laughs> sales. Um, so for something like the, the Trevor Noah project, we've had these consistent, really cool projects come through that have been really fun, but I've had to really like set aside the business and, you know, focus on, cause I, I have a small team of people, um, which is great. I have four people now and we're growing, but the way that that happened was they reached out to us. They're like, we have seen your work. I don't even know where, but they're like, we're, we've been waiting for an opportunity to, to work with you. Literally everything that we've done is because they've come to us and amazing. I feel, Whoa. yeah, that's insane. Yeah. It's <laughs> insane. And I feel insanely grateful. Literally every publication that there's only one I haven't been in that I wish I could be in, which is Kinfolk. Okay. I don't know if you guys, yeah. Um, and that will happen. I'll put, I'll put it, it will yeah, yeah. You put it out there. Oh, it's going to happen. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll put it onto the universe. Um, but we've been in almost every major publication, the New York times, uh, financial times, which is Vogue. so <laughs> <Vogue Dwell laughs> magazine. I'm sure I'm missing a whole bunch, but, but in the past few months, we've had to pivot and really revisit the foundation of what Lolly Lolly ceramics is and not take on work just because it's shiny and cool, but really just evaluate what works for like what actually aligns with us and be more intentional um the residency with solange was a really cool opportunity solange is actually anytime anyone asks me who my dream person to work with i say her mm -hmm. I, I think she's incredible so it was hard not to do that project i would love to be on sesame street someday yes. oh my god that's so that. cool oh. yeah i i love kids and i i as this business grows, I try to remember like the core values of who I am and what I want the business to be. Mm -hmm. And I think about, you know, working with the community and how I can do that on a broader scale. And I imagine Sesame Street and using that as a way to educate young people about how to be a creative and turn that into a business. And uh, there's just so many possibilities. So yes, I'm very fortunate to have to be where I am now. And I've only been technically in business like a year and a half. <laughs> Which is insane. Just like the amounts of success that you have had is, is so amazing to see. And it's very empowering to see that because we want to see more of this. You know, we want to see more women of color in this position. Like it just, it, sh it shows all of us and all our inner ch children and all our, all the little kids that are out there, all the little women that are out there that like, wow, this is possible. Like you know, this mm -hmm. is really cool to see. And, and you were, you are part of making a change, which is really dope. And that's really, thank cool. you. Yeah. Well, I will say too, you know, um, the, the time when things really exploded for me and this brand, uh, when George Floyd died, I had a hard time with that because it, it felt really performative at that time. And I was like, oh, I, I feel like people are just following me because I'm black and they're just trying to show support in a way that feels right for them and not really for me. Um, so I really had a hard time with that for a while because I was yeah. like, this is great. 
but also it freaking sucks. But then I had to come to grips with, first of all, any type of attention, I think at this stage is just really good, whether it's bad publicity or mm-hmm. good, whatever. So I, I'm thankful for that moment in time. And I've learned a lot from that time. And as time has gone on, people still follow us and get excited about what we are doing. They get excited about a project that I did like two, three years ago now. So that's for me, um, the reminder that I am doing the right thing and that I am being authentic and genuine. And that it is about, it could be about being a black woman owned business, which I'm really proud to be, but also I think I put a really good product out there and present myself. Oh yeah. Yeah. And what you're doing is so unique and so different. And I actually was on set. I had a shoot uh, two weeks ago and one of the other models on there was showing me her um, ceramics, like just as a hobby, it was like, she was, you know, uh, just making like plates and bowls and stuff and being creative about it. And I was like, you need to follow my friend. She's amazing. Like, (laughs) I think you can learn a lot from her. Um, And she did, she followed you and she was like, oh my God, these mugs are amazing. Cause they are there. I, I still have yet. Cause I just moved in. I, I am going to um, purchase some mugs for my new apartment and make it, you know, like yes. have a little part of lolly lolly in my house. Um, but it truly is something that is so unique and so different. And I haven't seen anything like it. Thank you. I, I am really proud of that project. It's one of those things that in life, I, and I truly did not expect it to grow the way that it did it, it was truly something for me to really push myself out of my comfort zone as an artist how were you mm-hmm. able to choose your team um because uh, I know as a businesswoman you are gonna have to need a team if you want to grow but as an artist how are you able to to pick your four so that's a that's a great question because a lot of the people who work for me um reached out to me mm-hmm. I don't think that I knew at the time that I needed people as much as I understand that now, but my studio manager, for example, she reached out to me because her sister purchased a piece from me at the local market and knew she was a ceramicist. And she was like, Hey, you should look into this girl. Um, So she reached out to me at a time where I definitely needed help, but I didn't really know that yet. And I didn't know that I could even pay someone that's the that's the great thing about you know hiring people is that when you hire people you can free up more time for yourself to do other things mm-hmm. which allows you to make more money and to you know support your team um i do have one person on my team who is my friend and i know there's always a lot of conflicts about that or a lot of uh, opinions about working with a friend i i think that you should really, you just really have to uh, understand the values of the people who work on your team and if it aligns with yours. And my friend who works with me, like, it's so easy. It's one of the easiest relationships I've had as far as working in business. And we just see eye to eye on things and can communicate really well. And I could tell her, no, that doesn't really work for the email subscribe list or whatever. And she'll be like, okay, cool. Then we'll scrap it. Uh, So yeah, a lot of my team members have come to me, but only recently have we started creating a system for hiring people, which is exciting. That is really exciting. You're so fortunate. And I feel like it's such a testament of not only manifesting, but just harboring good energy. 
for yeah. yourself and the things that you're putting out into the world and just knowing that it'll fall into the right hands. And I feel like that just perpetuates a cycle of positive karmic energy that you are living. Like everything that you described, I'm so excited for you. And that your voice is so beautifully pure that I could totally see you on Sesame Street nurturing all the kids. Like, oh my goodness. And being able to like counsel on not only creativity, but just moving with purpose. I mean, oh, I'm so excited for you. Like, I feel like so far within these like few minutes of having this episode, you've given us so, and the listeners, so many great points on how to create a successful brand from like- Thank you. Actual fruition, which I mean, I'm excited to keep up with you. (laughs) Well, I mean, that's such a great point, Alejandro, because something I've seen in other people who own businesses and, you know, I, I, I don't like to harp on this because everyone has their own journey and create their own understanding of what it is they're supposed to do. But I've seen people who have put themselves out there on social, for example, and just really complain a lot about owning a business or running it. And shit's hard. Like, I'm not going to pretend. And I, I try to be really transparent a lot and I've been a little bit quiet on social media for the past month or so just because I'm resetting myself and but I have a really hard time when people do that because I just truly believe that you put that energy out there and you're inviting that negative energy in and you it's definitely important to you know release and talk about the hard parts absolutely but you got to learn when and where to do that. Because for me, I see that and I'm like, well, I don't want to buy anything from you. Cause I just feel like you're just moping <laughs> right. around all the time. Like it just sucks. So I feel sensitive talking about that because I never want to shoot anyone else down, but I do think there's a lot of power in positivity and the way that you present yourself and the way that you present your brand, because it's really infectious. Since we are um, a little bit of a dating podcast, uh, as much as you feel comfortable- you'd ask me some dating stuff. (laughs) As much as you feel comfortable talking about it, um, how has your relationship uh, been, if at all, affected by, you know, you travel a lot for work. I know Mo's really busy as well um, in his industry that he's in. So how do you guys make it work? Like any tips for people who are, you know, two um, successful people in their careers trying to make it, you know, try to keep that spark alive and, and trying to, you know, keep that connection solid. Yeah. So I do have a partner, which I don't think a lot of people know. It's like <laughs> something that I love not talking about, but I also was hoping we'd talk about it because- okay. It is important. <laughs> um, I just love dating and I love listening to the your previous episodes about it. So, <laughs> um, so uh, yes, my partner, he is also pretty busy. We And I think that's kind of the thing that makes our relationship work. I think that we can do our thing, but also make time for ourselves when we need to. I'm a very... Uh, quality time type of person I need to you know go on dates so for us we we definitely share calendars it's really helpful to to see what's going on for each other so that I don't if I have something I need to text him about or something important I can see that maybe he's in therapy or he's in a meeting so I'm not gonna bug him during that time the space 
apart when we are busy is actually really helpful because I'm also introverted and I need a lot of space to myself sometimes to just re-energize from the world. I'm constantly doing talks. I'm constantly doing podcast episodes like this. I'm in meetings all the time. Um, so any little bit of time that I can get to myself is also really important for me. Now, friendships, we could talk about that too. <laughs> talk about friendships as well. How do you maintain friendships? Um, oh you my know? gosh. Yeah. I did. I have noticed um, since like my brand and like my image has evolved and changed and more people recognize me who are strangers basically to me. Um, that has really had an effect on friendships. Um, I do tend to have a pretty big friends group. I've found it really hard to maintain some of those friendships, um, especially, you know, I moved from Ohio back to Milwaukee. So now I have like these long distance relationships and I, I, I had to, it was a true test for me during this time of business growth because I've known I have to really focus on this business right now but other people don't always quite understand what that means um so I've had had some really hard conversations with some people some friendships haven't really you know withstood the test of time and that's okay too I'm a firm believer and you know if it's not working like don't force it but yeah it's really interesting when you start to gain like this level of fame which I'm still kind of grappling with it myself like I don't think that I have this fame but I'll go out in New York and go to a restaurant and someone will come up to me like oh my god are you are you lolly of lolly lolly ceramics I'm like yeah fuck (laughs) that's amazing I mean it's amazing and also like at the same time like I I see both sides of it it's cool to be recognized for your art right like that's that's mm-hmm. really freaking dope. But then also when you're having your private time, you want to keep your time private, especially as an introvert. I understand that. Like um, you do want to have that separation between your personal or like your private personal and your business. Yeah, I do. And I think that I'm still trying to figure out what that means for me in terms of, you know, with my friends, I, I just also, I just don't text that much either. I don't like, mm. I send one text and then I, re- I feel like I'm on my phone for hours. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I had this thing where I um had to make, so last year I spent most of my year in Chicago. And so I kind of felt like I lost that sense of community because um, I was with my family the whole year basically. And so I felt mm. like I lost that sense of community in LA, like my friends in LA. So Um, my new year's resolution was to prioritize, not prioritize, but make it a priority of mine to build these relationships and build these friendships and make sure that I do have a community. And by doing that, I got so burnt out because Mm. I was just like seeing one friend after the other, making these plans during that. And a lot of the times that it kind of drinking is a big part of it to the point where I was just like, I need to take a step back. Like my friends will love me regardless. And if they don't, then that's just something that they're going to have to come to terms with, you know, like it is very important to keep um, your mental peace and like preserve and protect that energy to the best that you can. Um, But -hmm. then, you know, like have those, have those times where you're like, okay, like I'm, I'm ready to hang out. But then for the majority of the yeah. part, like keep come that. out of your cocoon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> Being a woman of color in business, what is one piece of advice that you can give to anyone, any gender within the BIPOC community or outside who is looking to start their own business? 
I always have a lot of advice. Uh, be patient with yourself. I think, um, again, for me, I've had such a non-traditional route in this business where I've gotten all this attention and things just come in, in waves and f- things ebb and flow. And I'm currently going through a phase where I think that everyone's mad at me. <laughs> and it's like my employees, my my customers, I think my agent is mad at me. I think that <laughs> brands or clients are mad at me. And it's obviously my head. But the reason I think that is because I can't quite be on top of everything as much as I wish I could be. Definitely need an assistant now. And I'm that's going to be in my next phase. But something as simple as staying on top of emails, which I love to do, has been such a struggle for me. So it makes me feel like I'm constantly, um, you know, apologizing for a week late email or, you know, and, you know, I don't burden myself with it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't really actually think people are upset with me, but um, even like my employees, like they need certain tools or software that I'm like, I can't quite afford that at the moment because of the stage that we're in. So I'm like, ah, I can't give them what they need. And I can't give all my customers the mugs because they sell out so fast. So um, I just say, be patient with yourself and have faith that everything kind of comes in, in, in waves. And when you, when you can do that and not get so bogged down, I think that you'll be okay. Something else I help to tell people is just to, to find your tribe, find people who are, it's kind of like when you're a new parent and maybe not any of your friends or parents. So you're kind of doing it alone. Um, I've joined a few cohorts that are for small businesses, uh, for black women who are in business. I'm constantly joining workshops for business oriented things. And I do that because it's so helpful to talk to other people who are in a similar boat. And I I tell people that all the time, you really, you really got to find your tribe because people, again, we talk about friends. They're not going to understand the the things I'm struggling with every day. Like they understand because I'm running a business, but they don't understand how hard it is to handle payroll or even hiring new people in, in, a, in an employee market right now. It's so hard to find good people sometimes. Speaking of that, hire people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> tell people oh that. Gosh. I, I love, love that. that. I think that's a, something that I've learned a lot about over, I'd say like the past few years. It's mm-hmm. being able to ask for help or knowing that it's okay to ask for help because we aren't yeah. going to have the answers within us. So like, it's only natural that we seek out the opinions or advice of those that we at least trust the most with such precious yeah. things like starting a business or any other thing that's like really sacred to us to, that we want to see grow or blossom. Well, with that, should we get into the letter? Yes. Yay. Alejandro, would you do the honors because your voice is so beautiful? Let's do it. It really is, though. So. Oh, thank you. Not as pure as, like I said, Sesame Street. You said it. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be watching now. <laughs> Another manifestation. Oh, yeah, here we go. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So we have, dear damsels, I'm a creative person who can come up with a lot of creative ideas, but my problem is that I don't know where to start and how to execute a plan. I know I want to own my own company, but I didn't study business in college. And now I'm thinking, do I need to get an MBA to start my own business? 
I'm still paying off loans from college and I don't know if I can take on any more debt. I've been getting mixed advice from people saying that it's a waste of money and others highly recommending it, so I'm lost. Please help, signed, a boss babe damsel in the making. <laughs> oh, I love that. Cool. That's a fully loaded question right there. There's a lot of components to that question. Um, I can relate fully. So my journey, even before ceramics and being a graphic designer, uh, I graduated high school 2008. And from there, I went into architecture because I was an artist and I didn't know what I was going to do as a career. Who knows what they're going to do at 18? <laughs> so my parents kind of encouraged me to go into what they thought was a lucrative career as an artist, which was architecture. I freaking hated it. I also wasn't mentally prepared to go to college at that time, to be quite honest. So I went for a year and quit school. And then I went to, I, I that's why I moved to Chicago, or sorry, Columbus. Mm. And I just kind of worked all these odd jobs for years. I worked at a juice shop. I worked as an intern at Express. I worked for a little small clothing boutique. I, oh my gosh, I worked so many jobs. I nannied for a long time. And I look back on it now and I, I, cause at that time it was hard. A lot of my, my peers were graduating college at the right time. And I, for some time felt really behind and on this path that wasn't really clear. And it wasn't until I went to school for graphic design. I started this clay class for fun. And when I turned 29 is when I started my business and decided to do that. And I share that story because I felt really lost for a long time. And I would always look to other people for advice. And it's good to take advice from other people, but it sounds like this person's hearing different things, different bugs in their ear. And you have to really go with your gut. Like if you have this great product, this great idea, you you won't know if it works until you actually try it. Like you got to take a risk sometime. And I call it a healthy risk because you don't want to blow all your money on something, all your savings <laughs> to try something. But there's ways to, to try if something works without, you know, completely failing. And, and we're going to fail along the way in different ways. I don't recommend going to business school. I, I think that you're right in the sense that it's hella expensive. And there's just so many other ways to learn about business for one owning a business starting a business and learning that way um i didn't go to business school and it is one of the things i wish i would have gone to school for being in the position that i am in now like if i knew better if i knew that i was gonna start a business i wish i would have gone to school for business but at the same time i have all these resources at my fingertips now that i rely on and take advantage of there's a um organization in Wisconsin it's called WIBIC it stands for like women something business something I don't know what the acronym <laughs> stands for <laughs> but they offer all these incredible online classes that are ones about cash flow ones about how to create systems in your business and they have been so beneficial the library offers resources all the time like there's so many ways to learn without having to pay thousands of dollars um so my advice is that you don't need to go back to business if 
you don't have the money to do it. And there's so many other ways to learn. Um, and you just kind of have to go with your gut and take advice from people, but also be smart about you're smart. I know, I don't know this person, but I know they're smart. I know they got <laughs> somewhere with all in there. <laughs> I'm curious if you have any advice because there is a sentence that says, I don't, I don't know where to start and how to execute a plan. Are mm. there tips that you would suggest for that person to even write a plan before even getting into the stages of executing it? Sure. I, I, I wrote my business plan because I felt like it was important only for applying for grants. Mm -hmm. um, there's never really been any other situation I've been in and loans as well. I, I've never gotten a loan. I haven't gotten any investments. Um, again, I'm super fortunate. If I've ever feel pinched for cash in any way, I put up mugs on my site and they sell in seconds. So I'm really fortunate and I have to preface that because I've had to build up to that. But I do think that if, if you want to start a business plan, it's not a bad idea because it'll help you organize and strategize for the future. But some ways that I think could be really helpful and actionable are to look to other brands that are similar to what you want to start or what you have started. None of our ideas are actually really um, original. There's so many uh, recycled ideas out there. Um, what really makes it original is the way we present ourselves and I'm Lelise. No one could be like me. So I think that's kind of my flex is that I could be who I am and build this brand off of that. So I always tell people like, look to see who else is out there doing things. Like to this day, I look to other websites and see, oh, how do they design their search bar? I want to change that on our website and present it to my developer. So I do a lot of research and look to see what other people are doing and then present that to my developer of like, oh, how, what do you think about this or that? Um, there, there's just, there's so many resources, again, out there that you can find to help get get a business book. Like mm. it doesn't hurt to get a, a business book for dummies and get the core foundational aspects of a business in place so that you can kind of grow from there. It is very daunting and it's hard. It's hard if you don't get some one-on-one -on -one um, help, which I always recommend to find uh, there's banks who that offer one-on-one -on -one help for how to organize finances. Mm. Um, yeah, there, there, I'm trying to think what other resources, like there's, there's just so much out there. There's a lot of like modern and contemporary brands too, that do a lot of, um, business like oriented, like American express did, they do, they have a lot of resources on their website for small businesses, for how to start and how to organize finances, how to create operational systems. Um, so yeah, that's, is that, do you think that's helpful? I hope that's helpful. Very helpful uh, because yeah. I'm gonna use, we're both just started our own businesses and we're definitely gonna be going and using these resources. Right, I'm gonna yeah. the library right now before it closes. So <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and so Instagram, there's so many people I follow on Instagram who, talk mostly about business and how to run a business. And I find those to be really helpful too. Like there's one woman, one woman in particular who offers these like grant writing packages. And I pay for that because I want to have, I don't want to waste my time learning how, or, you know, yeah. if someone has the tools for me, 
that I can use that and make it work for me, then to me, it's working smarter and not harder, you know? Yes. And in the process right now at, at Lolly, we're, we're learning how to scale up. And that's one of the biggest challenges of a business. Right now, everything we make is handmade. I'm still really involved in the process of handmaking everything, but I don't want to be. I, I know that I don't want to be. Whereas there's other artists who are like, I want to be, I want to make everything. I want to have my hand in everything. And that's good. You have to know that for yourself. But for me, I see bigger opportunities out there. And I see me being able to still hand make things, but I also want to have another part of the business working for me. So I don't feel like the operation of the business relies on me hand making everything. It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't feel smart. It feels really limiting. And I haven't even been able to offer new products, new designs, because I'm so bogged down by the sales of mugs, which is amazing. Like I'm super grateful, but I want to get into lighting. I want to get into bowls and plates and things like that. I want to do like a YouTube channel so that I can educate people through that. So yeah, it's working smarter, not harder. (laughs) And I love that it's based around creating a community as well, where Mm -hmm. you're fostering that educative energy you're helping Mm -hmm. others find themselves find their voices find what they're passionate about but through the vehicle of what you've been able to do so magnificent yeah I've learned a lot along the way and there's still so much to learn and it's funny because I never want to be an entrepreneur I literally never imagined myself owning a business and now that I'm here and I, I mentioned earlier I had this really untraditional, non-traditional path. But I look back now, I'm like, oh my gosh, that was my path. It was meant to be all along, you know, working for all these different brands. I picked up so much along the way and learned the way that I want to run my own business. So now I'm just, I'm more empowered more than anything. I'm like, yes, let's go. Let's keep running a business. (laughs) Oh, yes. Well, with that, Lelise, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. And I cannot wait to see where Lolly Lolly Ceramics goes. And I can't wait to see you. We need to know how our listeners can find you, purchase your materials, everything. Please share. Yeah. So uh, if you search Lolly Lolly Ceramics, it'll anything will come up. So it's spelled Lolly, L-O-L-L-Y. And it's a double, so Lolly Lolly is twice. And um, our Instagram handle is at Lolly Lolly Ceramics. If you want to email us, it's hello at Lolly Lolly Ceramics. If you want to check out our website, it's www.lollylollyceramics.com. Love that. Thank you so much for coming on. All right. Well, this has been another episode of Damsels in the DMs. Until next time. It's going down in the DMs. Bye, guys. DMs, DMs. We don't need them. We just leave them. Please. Yeah. It's going down in the DMs. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.